everybody, Mike Dyer of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. In just a little bit, I'm going to be talking to Baylor University guard Macy Oteague, a 2015 Walnut Hills graduate, about the NBA draft process. But some late-breaking news on Thursday this week. We had the OHSA announce that the football playoffs starting in 2021 will expand. It will go from eight qualifying teams in each region to 12 teams. So a very significant move there, adding a lot of teams to the mix, 112 to be exact across seven divisions of Ohio high school football. If you want to find out more about the OHSA football playoff expansion starting in 2021, log on to WCPO.com. Turning to basketball now, I'd like to welcome in Baylor University redshirt junior guard Maceo Teague and Maceo declared for the NBA draft earlier this spring. So uh, I want to welcome him to the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. And uh, Maceo, a 2015 Walnut Hills High School graduate, it's been a long time since we've connected, but uh, great to catch up with you, Maceo. Thanks for taking some time, and how are you doing? Uh, yes, sir. Thanks for having me, but I'm doing great right now. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, just uh, trying to manage like everybody else here, you know, everybody uh, uh, going through this uh, for the, the two or three months that we've been going through this, uh, but a lot of stories to be told, and you're one of those that uh, I definitely wanted to highlight, so uh, obviously a lot of a lot of excitement uh, from the Cincinnati basketball community to, to learn when you declare for the NBA draft and talk to your coach, uh, your former coach there at Walnut Hills, Ricardo Hill, gave me some great insight and just how proud he is of uh, what you've been doing. Right. Take, uh, take me through a little bit uh, about this process for you. Um, obviously, you declared, I believe, at the end of March. Was that, was that correct? Uh, yes, sir, at the end of March. Okay. So uh, what's been the process What's it been like for you just as you prepare and I assume teams have been interviewing you and that sort of thing? Uh, the process has just been uh, just getting my name out there for one. And then two, uh, just been interviewing with uh, with different organizations and uh, just seeing the, getting different feedback and hearing things that they say and just gain a lot of experience during this process. Obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, everything's kind of been pushed back and every, everything's really kind of fluid now. I mean, with the combine from the lottery to the draft itself. Um, how have you managed to work out, take me kind of through, uh, you're back in Cincinnati right now, but I know you've been in Waco a little bit to, uh, take me through that process. Right. Well, you know, uh, we have an outdoor court at, uh, at, at my apartment complex in Baylor and, uh, I just go out there, get up a lot of shots while I'm out there. It's different guys down there and we, uh, work out together I'm doing different type of workouts and back home. Um, I go to another outdoor court, uh, just working on all different types of things, working on my left hand, working on my shot. Uh, just working on uh, my agility, quickness, things like that. Um, so just trying to get better as um, throughout this whole entire process of gyms being closed down. What surprised you the most throughout all this? Uh, just the fact that that people are so like quick to go back outside. Like yeah, in Texas, uh, I live down there, so there was like eighteen hundred new cases in like one day since they reopened. So that's that's so surprising to me that people are willing to go back outside and um, just live a normal life, knowing that the virus is still around. How have you kind of balanced everything? I mean, because obviously you're, you're saying that I'm you want to learn a lot of things here. And you go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did I freeze up? I said I don't know if they answered the question that you asked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I appreciate. It. What What about just what have you learned the most just about what when teams are interviewing you? What what types of things that they ask you, uh, what's maybe surprised you about uh, that, that sort of thing? Uh, nothing's really surprised me. Though. They just ask normal questions. Just try to get your family background. Um, just try to figure out your path of how you got to the point that you are today. And it's really just to try to get the feel of, to figure out who you are as a person and whether you're genuine or not. Now, have you hired an agent? I'm not, but I'm very close to hiring one. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, what does NCAA, that do? Obviously. Uh, NCAA is not agent. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, and, and obviously uh, having an NCA certified agent, I mean, how does that, besides the basic and obvious reasons, I mean, how does that help you throughout this process? Uh, I mean, it helps you come back to school, but it also um, helps you helps you like get interviews, uh, helps you build connections, uh, puts you in touch with different uh, organizations in the NBA. And I mean, my coaching staff could do that, but um, the agent, it gives you another side of it. This allows you to just come in contact with the people that the agent knows. And I also have my school backing me as well. And uh, it's just kind of them working together. Well, they will be working together to uh, just get me uh, different, different type of things and different type of interviews and put me in touch with different people. What's the best part of your game right now? Uh, shooting. Yeah. No doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> Obviously, you led uh, Baylor to 26-4 and four record this past season, number five national ranking in the final AP poll, uh, number one in the country for five straight weeks. Something hasn't been done since uh, Kentucky back in 2015. What were you most proud? Obviously, a lot of unfinished business with the way things uh, turned out for the NCAA tournament, unfortunately, with the pandemic. But uh, what are you most proud of from this past season? I was proud of, from a personal standpoint or a team standpoint? I think both. Yeah. Uh, from a team standpoint, I was proud that uh, we we were ranked, I think, 18 to start the season. Uh, we lost in the second game to Washington, a game that we all felt like we should have won. And uh, we didn't have any quit in us. Um, we were determined after that. We won 23 straight. And uh, I think that uh, we didn't have any quit. And I was really happy with the resilience that we showed. You know, we were relentless in practice um, and film and getting up shots and um, and uh, after practice, before practice, things like that, just putting in a lot of extra work. And I feel that but we really came together as a team and uh, we, were, we were a solid unit. We moved as one and I was really proud of that. And from an individual standpoint, uh, I was proud of, you know, just, just uh, they say a lot of guys and from smaller conferences who transferred up that didn't really play well this year in the past season is typically they don't play well, but I'm, I'm glad that I could be one of the guys who uh, did play well. I believe in myself and I want, other guys who are thinking about transferring up to not think it's impossible to do. If they put in the work, I want them to believe in themselves as much as I believe in myself and knowing that they can do uh, the things that they're striving. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, obviously you go from UNC Asheville, committed to Baylor back in uh, 2018. And so maybe about that stigma, like you said, I mean, tell me a little bit about that, what that's been like for you. Uh, you know, um, when I got there, when I got there, it was some of the vets that came back, the veterans, uh, the guys who played there before, before me, and I remember we're in open gym. It's always trash talking open gym. And I remember uh, a lot of the times when I was scoring, they would say it don't matter. This ain't, this ain't the Big South. This ain't UNC Asheville. They would say things like that. Uh, just talking condescending in a way, in a manner. And uh, just trying to intimidate me as, because I was in a bigger conference. So, But, you know, I just continued to put in work. You know, I got stronger. I got faster. Um, you know, just, just learning different players, learning how Coach Drew coaches, different things like that. And uh, I just put myself in the best situation I could put myself in going into this year, this up, this past season. And I feel like I flourished as a result of that. Obviously, my uh, perspective is back when you played at Walnut Hills. But uh, even from that standpoint, I know you always believe in yourself. You always believe in your game. Right. I always had a confidence. Um, tell me, what, what's that been like, that, that growth for you just since you've left high school and played ball? I mean, you played down in Florida, obviously, then went to UNC Asheville, now at Baylor. Now mm-hmm. here you are declaring for the NBA draft. Um, what's that journey been like for you? Uh, it's definitely been a bumpy road. You know, uh, coming out of high school, I really didn't have too many offers. At the end of my senior year, I probably had like three offers. So I went down to my bird, tried to get some more offers. And, um, yeah, one of the coaches 
one of the coaches took their offer back from me. Actually, two coaches took their offer back from me. Uh, then I only had UNC Asheville, so I ended up going there. Uh, went there with knowing that they had a uh, two freshman name, uh, Dylan Smith. He was uh, he was already there. Uh, he had just finished his freshman season. Dylan Smith transferred to Arizona, though. And Dwayne Sutton ended up going to Louisville, so that opened up a lot of minutes for me. And, you know, uh, just things kind of worked out in my favor. And I came into a spot where I could uh, get a lot of minutes, actually. You know, I put in a lot of work in the offseason for uh, when I, while I was at Asheville. I was in there late nights, getting up a lot of shots, working on my ball handling, ended up starting at the point. And, you know, uh, one freshman of the year and things like that. But, you know, it just was a it was a bumpy road uh, from high school to college. And once I got to college and started playing in actual games, uh, things just got better. So the games are always a good part. I always perform pretty well. But it was just the in-between pro- uh, process where where it was kind of bumpy and I just had to not lose sight and keep the faith. People who are watching this can see the, uh, an inspiration behind you, obviously, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, t- take me through what very basic question, but what the game of basketball has meant to you. That has meant a lot to me. Uh, you know, throughout my life, I've gained a lot of relationships. That's one of the biggest things, actually, uh, that basketball has got me. I like My best friends all came from basketball now that I think about it. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely got me a lot of relationships. It's took me places I never expected to go. You know, we went to Italy this past uh, summer to, for a foreign trip uh, as a team. I've gone to Spain and Czech Republic to play basketball. Um, yeah, yeah, I believe that's it. But, I mean, it's, it's taken me a lot of places. It made me meet a lot of people, a lot of people in high positions, and even just normal, everyday people. Well, I'm a normal, everyday person like that, so don't take that the wrong way. But just people I wouldn't have met outside of playing basketball. And uh, it's, it's just meant a lot to me. What have you gained from that experience in Europe? I mean, that had to have been really fascinating. Uh, I would say what I gained, what did I gain from the experience? I mean, I, outside of me getting real close with three guys on my team, um, I would say that I gained, I don't know, just an appreciation for different cultures. Yeah, just uh, while I was in Italy, just learning how people lived over there, uh, just watching the things that they do, watching how uh, a lot of people are walking active up and down the street and things like that. That really had an appreciation for for the lifestyle that they were living. So, I mean, NBA teams have interviewed you, and uh, do you still have some more scheduled? Yeah, I still have more scheduled. Uh, once I saw my agent, I'm sure I'll get more, but uh, I've interviewed with five so far. Gotcha. Um, what are those like? Are those through Zoom, or how do they do yeah, there's some calls. Uh, sometimes it's like one-on-one. Well, one of them was one-on-one. Um, one of them was two people. The most recent one I had, it was, I think, 12 people in a Zoom call. Oh. And they, they all were asking me questions, things like that. So, um, you know, just I guess they were just trying to keep me on my toes and just uh, just giving me different perspectives and things like that. But it was definitely a great experience. How do you prepare for those? Or do you just does it just naturally come to you as far as what responses you give? You know, my uh, teammates, they they had interviews before I did. Well, actually just one of them did because uh, he was a senior, but the underclassmen had to wait um, probably a week or so after. So the senior, he gave us questions, like some of the questions that they asked him. And uh, when I saw him, because well, he was, he's still in Waco. And uh, when I saw him, he would uh, tell me like some of the harder questions that they asked him that just kind of had me prepared for the interviews. And, you know, just trying to always do my homework, always going into stuff prepared, never going like, with going blinded, uh, just always being prepared all and everything. You mentioned you're going to add an agent here just uh, in a little bit, but uh, what criteria is going to make you decide one way or another, whether you return to Baylor or whether you stay in the, 
in the draft process? Uh, you know, it's really the the what they're telling me. They think that I'm a draftable prospect this year. And also, um, if yeah, it, it really just depends on that, like how guaranteed it is uh, me being a draftable prospect, because if they say that it's a possibility I have to go overseas and you got to think about the fact that they're pushing the NBA draft back, which means that the, that the overseas jobs, they, they take those jobs in like July. So if they're pushing a the draft prospect, a draft process back to July, then you, then the NBA draft won't have happened. So if you wait on the NBA draft and you don't take a job overseas and you don't get picked up, then you may be out of a job. You can go to the G League, but you may be out of a higher paying job in Italy or not in Italy, uh, in Europe. Sure. Or, um, so things like that, you have to take that into consideration and the market is down over there. So you'll be getting less pay if you didn't end up getting picked up by NBA team. So you're just taking a lot of things into consideration just like that. So uh, just trying to make the decision that's best for me, my family. How do you uh, stay, keep tabs on all this stuff? Obviously, you can look online and do some research, but uh, how much do you bounce things off maybe other players or you know other teammates, that sort of thing? Uh, you know, all the time. Uh, I feel like gaining a lot of um, knowledge from getting a lot of perspectives from knowledgeable people is uh, very important. You know, I ask my coaches a lot. I ask, um, I'm in contact with the, my coaches and they hit up or they talk to NBA people. They talk to their overseas guys. They talk to their agents. I, I can talk to uh, agents right now. So I, I bounce stuff off of them, just trying to get their honest feedback and, you know, just trying to make an informed decision. Do you feel like an entrepreneur in some ways? I mean, you got to sell your skills and your abilities, but I mean, obviously you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day too. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it definitely feels like a, uh, I, I wouldn't say entrepreneur. I feel like I'm a, I'm a marketing expert right now, you know, just <laughs> market myself the best I can do right now. Sure. Gotcha. Let me, let's go back to a little bit, um, your high school days and, and, and I know it's going back a few, few years here for you, but, uh, I still remember your, uh, your 2015 flying to the hoop. Uh, performance, 51 points, school record, uh, still is a school record, I believe. But uh, what are you most proud of from uh, your days at Walnut Hills? And I know a lot of people would be interested to hear just your experience playing high school ball here in Cincinnati. Um, What am I most proud of? Uh, What am I most proud of? I don't know. I know it's going back down memory lane a little bit for you. (laughs) Yeah, facts. Uh, I mean, I just had a lot of fun playing high school ball. Um, It it was just an extreme amount of fun playing high school. And I, I would just say... Uh, the amount of the like I, I wouldn't say I couldn't tell you an exact memory, but I just uh, or an exact thing that I'm most proud of. But it, it, it's for sure not the the 51 points. I, I don't even think that's my best game. I remember one game I had 34 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists. And I think that was my best game I ever played, actually. But the 51 points was cool and everything. But I, I would just say I just remember a lot of relationships that I built. A lot of guys I still talk to from high school. And uh, that's really what it's been all about for me is just building a ton of relationships and things like that. So uh, just, I would just say just uh, not taking those days for granted. I would say that's probably what I'm most proud of, not taking those days for granted and me um, just continuing to be friends with guys that I met back in 2013. Spoken like a true basketball player with the with the, the varied stat line there instead of just oh, yeah. the, the points, you know. But how much has, uh, has uh, Walnut Hills coach Ricardo Hill, how much has he helped you and how much has he continued to, to be uh, someone you lean on right now? Uh, back in the day, I remember, uh, and I sound old saying that, I mean, back in 20, <laughs> when I first got the Walnut, uh, I remember I would pass up on a lot of shots. I was real hesitant. And, I mean, I gained a lot of confidence like playing for him. Uh, he, he told me he believed in my game. He was really the first head coach 
yeah, he's really the first head coach that really believed in my game. And uh, he, he basically just told me that he believed in me a lot and uh, he let me go. He allowed me the freedom and I uh, flourished because of him. So a lot of the, a lot of what you see today goes out to Coach Ricardo because without Coach Ricardo, there would be no MACOT. So, uh, I mean, he definitely means a lot to me. And uh, to this day, I still, after probably like four or five games, he hits me up. Uh, tells me, oh, I think you should have done this. Oh, make sure you keep doing this during the games. And he just gives me um, some type of uh, feedback. He's always there for me if I have a bad game or a bad stretch of games. He never really hits me up at, from after every single game. I mean, he has a life of his own. But if I have a bad stretch of games, he'll tell me just stay focused. Just send me, like, little messages. I talk to him all the phone, on the phone all the time. So, uh, you know, I just really appreciate the things that Coach Carter has done. Obviously, you you got – pro aspirations and what you've done obviously at Baylor is well known on a national stage but how cool is that just to see I know Coach Hill and uh, former AD Tom Donnelly visited you for a game I think this past season uh, just just to stay in contact with somebody that's uh, both those guys who, who uh, helped you out in high school yeah you know it's really cool uh, it means a lot to me and what's crazy is uh, Coach Cardo I remember um, he came to a game at Ohio State when I was at Asheville too and I remember like when I was going to the game for when we played at West Virginia this this past season, he was saying that because he knew I was going to have a lot of family coming to the game. So he's saying, like, if you can't give me a ticket, like, it's fine. I'll just buy one. But like that, that just goes to show a lot about Coach Cardo, who he is as a person. I mean, I got him a ticket. I'm like, no, nah, like somebody I know I got a lot of family coming, but you're going to be on the list. So uh, I, I definitely got him a ticket. And uh, that just goes to show a lot about who Coach Cardo is as a person. Obviously, everybody knows you about basketball, but I just would be remiss if I didn't ask you about uh, what you're studying at, at Baylor and obviously Walnut Hills being such an academic institution. Uh, it's definitely, I would assume, has has shaped you too. So what, what are some of the other interests uh, outside uh, of basketball? Some of my other interests outside of basketball? Yeah. Uh, some of my other interests, I would say, uh, definitely just helping kids out, uh, helping out the youth. Uh, when I finish playing basketball, I want to be a coach. And uh, just put kids in situations because uh, I got a lot of connections um, after playing at a high level. You know, I uh, got a lot of contacts with um, different teams, different organizations, different college, college coaches, and uh, just helping kids out in that aspect. So I would say that's one of my passions. And I also like to recycle. <laughs> why, why, why is that so important to you? Uh, recycling? I don't know. I, I, I think they're in this, I think her name's Ramna. I think that's how you say her name. But uh, one of the kids at Walnut Hills, actually, she had two kids. Um, uh, but, yeah, they went to Walnut Hills, and they – I think their name was Kamala and Krishna. I think that was their names, but Nelson. But their mom used to come to Walnut, and she used to recycle. And she used to always, like, tell us, like, no, throw this in the recycling. And people would throw, like, their stuff in the trash, and she would take it out, put it in the recycling. Like, the, like, the earth is important. They need to, like, take care of the earth, you know. And I just kind of learned that from her. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's where I kind of picked it up from. Yeah, I guess the final thing I ask you, a uh, picture of Kobe Bryant behind you, uh, just uh, a lot of inspiration. I assume you've, you've drawn from him and, um, <laughs> who are the players I guess you looked up to and, and, and maybe, I don't know if model the game, model your game is not the right word. Cause I, I usually ask them, people say, you know, I have my own game and I understand that, but, uh, just curious, like from a basketball standpoint, who you've been inspired by over the years? I've been inspired by guys like Kobe Bryant. Um, You know, I really like watching – I like watching certain guys in the NBA, I would say that. But uh, I've been inspired – who I've been inspired by is probably Kobe Bryant, um, Dame, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry. But, you know, 
uh, my parents. And I would say outside of that, I mean, my mind really drives itself, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm self-motivated and my mind really just drives itself uh, down the road, you know, so it's a lot of things that I do intrinsically to get myself going and I'll just keep myself motivated up on a personal level. Great. Macy Oteague, really appreciate the time. Great conversation and uh, best of luck to you. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks again to Baylor University guard Macy Oteague, not only discussing his experience with the NBA draft process, but also giving some perspective about his time at Baylor and also playing high school basketball here in the city of Cincinnati. That's all we have for you this week. Hope to talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.